0: Michelle Feeney is the founder behind British fine fragrance brand Floral Street. Determined to challenge and stimulate the beauty industry, Floral Street is paving the way for sustainable fragrances and I'm so excited to hear all about it. Hi everyone, welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to welcome you, our guest for today, Michelle Feeney. With a huge passion for sustainability, Michelle launched Floral Street as a clean fragrance brand with eco-responsibility as its focus. She's given the consumers the opportunity to make better choices with her ethically sourced ingredients and biodegradable packaging, ensuring a planet-friendly fragrance journey. Her bold signature scents awaken a new love for luxury perfume, which comes as no surprise from her powerhouse energy synthesizing culture and business. She's been at the forefront of some of the world's largest beauty brands, from Estee Lauder companies like MAC to Saint-Tropez, And she's truly an industry trailblazer. And I cannot wait to discuss it all from a passion for eco-conscious practices to where she envisions the future of the beauty and fragrance industry. So Michelle, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Oh, thank you, Akash. I can go home now. That's an amazing introduction
0: there. Well, you know what? An amazing introduction for an amazing person. So it goes hand in hand. Um, But Michelle, I asked my guests the same question and I'm going to ask you. The first question is, who, in a nutshell, is Michelle?
1: Wow. Um, probably that six-year-old little girl that uh, d- dreams a dream still, really. You know, um, I, I, I'm still that same person. I'm, I'm the, you know, the daughter of coming from, you know, Irish immigrant families that that's had an amazing journey through life with i think looking through different eyes than you would if if you were maybe born in in, in, in you know as a brit so i think that's yeah. that's kept me passionate open uh, love meeting new people, love finding out about people's stories, um, love involving others in my story. Um, and as you said, sort of collaboration is important, I think, um, for success, actually, in, at the end of the day. 100%.
0: Uh, and I want want to go deeper into that a bit because I mean also to set the scene I've been very fortunate to meet Michelle now a few times and uh, when we I launched one of the founded beauty kind of breakfast brunches uh, you really stood out to me the most because you got up in front of everyone and you you know really spoke about that collaboration over competition and how you know having that space is so important so I just want to say thank you for that because it really did stay with me for a very long time Um, but it is true it's pretty much the the ethos of what you're doing and building but that comes also stemming from a huge uh, vast experience in the industry already Um, so I'd love for you to kind of explain a little bit about I mean I'll leave the space for you but like a little bit about your upbringing and then your first venture into beauty and then your impressive career in beauty yeah wow nice Yeah. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
1: Well, I, th- I think I, I, I always say I've never had a plan. Yeah. And I think that has kept me, if I reflect on my life, it's kept me really open like spiritually open, open to opportunities that might come in. And when people say, oh, you've been lucky, I don't, I don't believe in that. I mean, I, I, I believe in you're open to opportunities. And if you're willing to take them and you've got some experience and some confidence, then you have an opportunity to turn that into success but, uh, you know, you, you, luck just doesn't kind of fall on your doorstep. And, no. you know, we, I wish it did for everyone, you know, but it just doesn't. So, um, but I, I grew up, my parents, uh, my mum my, my actually had to come over from Ireland in the 50s. I grew up in a community in the Midlands. Um, lots of love, lots of traditional culture. Irish dancing also you know you name it I was uh, I was there and um, but I think what they were were entrepreneurs of their time they took risks they ran they ran stores. I was always in the stores. Um, it was wine stores actually so it's funny I'm doing fragrance now because there is quite a similarity I think. Um, and I went to Polytechnic actually in Newcastle um, and did a degree and ended up working in London in fashion show production and fashion PR originally, in the 80s, which is a very exciting time in London. Uh, Very collaborative, lots of new things happening. Um, My first beauty client was actually Trevor Sorby, who was the hairdresser, and we were the first ever professional range into boots, professional hairdressing range into boots. Uh, If you can imagine this, Akash, you're so young, but pre-computer, pre-anything, went up to boots with a flip chart um and I I sort of thought wow beauty's amazing and hair's amazing because the the link between fashion and beauty is is like this creatively you've you've you would be backstage hairdressing plays a part in the total look um Mm. the hairdressing industry I learned from Trevor Sorby he did big held big shows around the world in education so I liked the beauty more than the fashion in that respect in that it it tied to business very closely Um, I then got headhunted into Lynn Frank's PR which she was absolutely fabulous Um, and she taught me I worked for these amazing females actually all through the 80s she taught me about seeing things differently, going for it. She empowered us as young females to um, believe in our ideas. Yeah. And that's something you'll probably understand, you know, believing in your idea. Um, and I then moved to New York um, with a boyfriend. I had no plan again. <laughs> but I built my own PR agency in New York. And my first client was Bumble and Bumble. And I rebranded Michael's company. I've still got the old logo and said, we've got to do some products Um, and launched them in 1993. And that got me very much noticed on the beauty stage in in New York. And I ended up in Estee Lauder companies um, working with prescriptives. Then Tommy Hilfiger. I launched Creme de la Mer from scratch Uh, It's a little pot and and finally MAC which was seven years of fantastic years of my life launching 40 countries with the senior management team creating taking what was an amazing brand that was already a challenger brand and um, and making that a global a global company so so that that was my career. And then I moved back to the UK. Lots of lots happened in between. I was a single can mom imagine. in New York. <laughs> yeah. um, I got married. I moved back to England. I launched India and China for Mac from London, wow. which was a great experience. And literally imagine. went from one to the other, which very, very different experiences. Um, and then I left that role. Um, thought I wanted to take a gap, but really wasn't ready. And I then became CEO of um, Saint-Tropez, the brand. And it was declining. And also tanning was seen as something sort of wags and orange. Mm -hmm. And I really turned it around and saw it as this beauty treatment and skin finishing. Um, And then I sold that and decided to do my own brand. There that's
0: you go. Amazing. That's about 35 years in about I mean, 30 seconds there. So. I love it because I, I feel like it's <laughs> such a harsh, The org's, I'm sure there's incredible learnings, but I was yeah. also thinking that's like, that could be a whole other podcast because I feel like, you know, today it's about Floral Street and that's where I want yeah, to make the is, time yeah. for that. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. but it, it's really good to set the, the I guess, the, the foundations to understand mm. for everyone listening that Michelle comes with this huge experience. And obviously everything you've done today um, has been, I guess, triggered through learnings and successes and failures you've had yeah. in your mm-hmm. career. Um, so, you know, when relevant, do touch on that. But I think it was important just to set the stone. I feel really mm-hmm. harsh now going to Floral Street without even going deeper into that MAC, Estée, Saint-Tropez no, journey. It's fine. But, <laughs> but, 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 you know, Floral Street's where it's at. And I think for me, I'm actually more excited about Floral Street as a, as a yes. new challenger brand that's really much needed in the clean fragrance space. So, with Floral Street, I would love to know first how the name came to be. And I, I, I read something about a journey through Covent Garden. So I'll let you explain that.
1: Yeah, literally was, um, I looked up at the Floral Street street sign mm-hmm. in Covent Garden and thought, wouldn't that be a great name for a fragrance brand? And in that moment, I sort of could visualize it. And um, I think for anybody out there who's, who's got their own companies and things, you know, visualization is really, really important because I think if you can see it, you can, you feel you can make it happen. But if you can't see it, then nothing's going to make that happen because, you know, you've got to be, you've got to believe in that vision, haven't you, um, yeah. Akash? So so I think I saw it, then it was a re- immediately in my head, Comp Garden, Victorian Flower Market, it's all there. You know, um, what I didn't do, though, I then took a gap year at 51 because I thought, does the world need any more beauty brands? Mm -hmm. A. Um, I, I don't know anything about fragrance, really, about starting a fragrance brand. So I took a bit of space. And I realized, yes, the world did need the the, the fragrance industry had got so old fashioned in the way it sold to the customer. It didn't bring the customer in. It didn't talk about the ingredients. It didn't it didn't necessarily highlight the nose behind the brand. Um, and also it was so badly uh behind in in sustainability and the packaging everything had a cello wrap on still does i still get gifts in the gift bag with cellophane around them and i thought okay i'm going to if i'm going to do this i want this to be different and that's what That's why I jumped in for my sins. It's such—I mean, if I thought about it now, fragrance is such a difficult category, you know. And you—you've got a lot of money being pumped in by the big boys, as you and I both know, to making that a success. So, so to be a small company, you've got to actually. Have something different to say, and also a different experience for the consumer.
0: We've worked in these big conglomerates, myself um, at Dior, and you know, and we also, uh, as you know, my father is in the industry for forty years. So fragrance is not necessarily new to me by any means, but uh, I really feel as a consumer and even individually, now all of us, we have to sometimes think about supporting and going forward in this industry about clean, because you hear this in Mm -hmm. skincare a lot, clean skincare, it's a big thing. Now it's coming in haircare. And it's quite frustrating, to be honest, that you look at these retailers and now you're getting top 10 brands in skin, hair, um, even makeup becoming clean, right? The clean ones. Mm -hmm. And look at fragrance and it's completely still governed by the big names. Largely due to the fact that they are pumping in, as you said, millions and millions of marketing mm-hmm. um, budget. So obviously, it's hard to then <laughs> pave the way when you know these brands that we, that are clean and sustainable don't have millions of budget, let alone in just marketing. Yeah. Um, so there is a huge education to like mindfully consume fragrance, and I think that's still missing today. Right? Um,
1: there is that, and I think yeah. that that word collaboration is so important. So yes. when I went to look at the packaging and I sort of, we'd found this pulp, uh, this new colour form type of pulp. And I literally just had to call up and say, would you, you know, if I want to design a package with you, can I? And they were like, come on in, you know, because nobody's done it in beauty and we'd love you to set the pace. And... So the collaboration with that manufacturer, sure we paid, but it was about doing it differently to tell the story. But four years ago, Akash, I couldn't get anybody to bloody write about the thing, you know? It was like they just wanted to put the bottle in in a in a piece and just talk about the fragrance. And then when we went to Sephora and they said, We love what you're doing, you're really modern, our consumers look at, in America, our consumers looking for what you've got to give and we 've got these guidelines, these clean guidelines, so that opened up my eyes to what was going into the bottle as well, so we were telling the story of the sustainably sourced ingredients by Robert a again, another collaborative company yeah. who we could tell the story of who hand on heart, and you and I share that wonderful uh, you know supplier hand yeah. on heart, you know the people that are harvesting the jasmine. In India, will be looked after the whole year. You know, they're sustaining the community. That was important for me. The, the deeper you go, the more you find out, the more you have to do. But yeah. um, I, the clean on the inside, we've taken things out that we didn't even know could be potentially perceived as un- harmful or not not good for the body, because Sephora have guided us to say our consumers are looking for what they don't want in things. Mm-hmm. So I've as a as a startup I didn't you know we were as clean as we thought we could be but they've helped influence us in a different way. But I think what isn't joined up you can be clean on the inside but your packaging Mm-hmm. Can be landfill. So, you know, that's giving a mixed message to the consumer. So I think it's just being really clear with the consumer what you're doing, why you're doing it, building your own communities, yeah. and utilizing great partners, whether they be retailers or packaging partners or distributors, to help tell your story. Um, and I can't compete with the big dollars that all the big boys are, are spending. You just can't. Same in hair, same yeah. in hair and, and, and cosmetics. So true. You
0: know. I, 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 and I feel it with like, you know, I don't want to say names, but like certain uh, big, big like brands that you see in every single salon. It's like they still have market share for certain SKUs, but then people, and people know that they're full of silicons and this and that. Yeah, it's just, it takes a lot of time and collaboration to unravel, I guess, what's already been existing for many years. Um
1: Yeah. And I, I think you have to go for the new consumers and the niche consumers. Yeah. And also I think probably one of our challenges as startups and founders versus mm. our old life in a big company is our heads want to go fast, but yeah. the reality of the business cannot go that fast. Yeah. So, it drives you a bit crazy because you 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 know you know where you could be, but you can't get there because you haven't got that so it forces you slightly to slow down um, you know and I know we've talked about this and I think it's um, it's it's ve- it's very stressful to know where you could be um, yeah. but you just have to keep on keeping on keeping on the message and the newer consumer really is trying to seek out different things. Yeah. So that's what I've learned. So I'm, I'm sticking with that, you know, slow wins the race, hopefully eventually, you know, that you, we go fast. You and I have both gone very fast. We've gone global straight away. Um, but then you have to sort of go, okay, how do I sustain that now? Exactly.
0: Um, and not get distracted too much by, um, mm-hmm. yeah, there are a lot of people, brands, I would say in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, you focus on yeah definitely getting the new customers educating over time the current customers of these retailers and the industry um and just be sustainable with the whole 360 which floral street truly is from mm-hmm. like when i look at all the touch points it's just like from the packaging to the as we know with the and the fragrance supplier and all that stuff it, it really is going to eventually be the one that withstands um I, I would love you know a little bit on that sustainability thing Going on your website, for example, mm-hmm. you have a lot of incredible different organizations and you work with and accountability mm-hmm. that you hold yourself with, with these credentials and, you know, badges. Um, was that from your day one super important for you to to have?
1: Yes. And I predicted that consumers would start shopping by symbols. Yes. Again, something I tried to stimulate people to write about but they didn't but um you know because also a symbol is global right so if, if if you're in a different country with a different language and somebody understands that that symbol of recyclability then you can tell your story and I also wanted I wanted to be as I didn't want to just greenwash my brand. And there's still some things. There's a tiny bit of plastic in our brand, in the pump. I need a. I need somebody to develop that that's in industry. I, I can't afford to develop that differently. Yeah. Um, but we're honest about that. And what we've done is we found this um partner that can offset that tiny bit of plastic and we we measure how much that is and they collect that much from communities so every single element of what i do i try i'm, I'm open and honest because again if i start hiding things or pretending then my brand has no validation at all i think exactly
0: it's so, so true.
1: third party is really important and who you choose to work with it can get quite confusing um and some of it can get expensive but the most of it isn't and I think it's also about collaborating with uh, collaborating with other brands that that are also part of those um sustainability credentials you know I'm not B Corp yet we that's that's quite a big job
0: yeah, and to sustain it, you know. So I think timing yeah. is very crucial there, right? yeah. and mm-hmm. but 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 you're gearing up to that, you know.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly, it. exactly.
0: Um, I fully and, agree. And
1: and also, sort of even your distribution channel and where you produce things. So I moved all my glass from China to Europe. Yep. uh, Production saving on tons and tons of miles, and also reliance on China in a time when it's been you know really fluctuating. So. Um, I'm always 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 looking for that how do I get better how do I get better
0: yeah now that's that's all you can do and and I think that's such a great out, outlook to have is realize it's, it is a journey we always say this timeless timeless you know countlessly again but um I think we have to remind ourselves like you know it, it is tough and we can be hard on ourselves as founders because we maybe we say that and then six months later we haven't achieved what we wanted to achieve but that's okay because um, it's just, as you said, it's being open-minded from the very beginning, you said those words, and just being honest with yourself. Like, you know, there are things that happen, and we're figuring it out as we do it. We've never built brands before, you know, and the consumer is always changing, the landscape is changing, and it can be very tough. So sometimes just holding yourself to say, look, I'm figuring it out too, it's very important.
1: I think every day is tough when you're a founder, Um, Yeah, really. Honestly, uh, you know, I feel we might be in founder therapy here, but um, uh, uh, (laughs) it's, um, it is about keeping your feet on the ground. And, um, and, and, you know, you, you mentioned the word, you know, not getting distracted, but I call it noise. Noise. There's a lot of noise. Mm. and also with social media you're excellent at this i don't know where you get the energy but you know to be doing that one minute then put on a hat about product development the next and then put on yeah. a hat about distribution and the numbers you know it's um, there's multiple layers in in there
0: um, i think it's about like you know f- for me as well mm-hmm. i, I when, it's great to still have people on the outside perceive it but like for me i feel like i'm doing the worst job on social media but because uh, I, I compare from what I was before, but I've just, you know, you have to learn to adapt and prior, keep on reminding yourself of your priorities of that moment. So for me, like my priority of the last year or two has truly been like, you know, Fable and main, the brand. So I do, yes, like dabble in certain things, whether it's a podcast or the social media, but I have to just do, it sounds bad to say, but the bare minimum just to keep it afloat, but also not take over my priority, which is my brand, because like I I post and then I, I don't look at my phone till the next day. I don't even know, like, you know, I just that's it, it's done, you know. Therefore, I'm not spending six hours just double scrolling, being how many likes, how many likes, has has it got more comments? I didn't have time for that anymore. Um, And sometimes I even outsource. I even tell my team, like, hey, can you write my caption for me? I'll amend it and adapt it. Can you work on my grid? Just because... I, I would, I could do it myself, but is that the best use of my time and my headspace? I think that's very important. So yeah, not necessarily slowing down, but, but still being mindfully, um, alert of where your energy and time is going. and 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 even giving some free time for new things because that's what Mm -hmm. keeps you excited and learning um is very very important but i would love you know a little bit to talk about your product portfolio um and your fragrances to date and your really exciting collaboration with van gogh so please let us know
1: yeah okay well that's um look i started with eight fragrances yep um i i had budget for six a cash when i sat around my Dining room table. And yeah. then we went to um, meet Jerome and yeah. Robert Tay.
0: Yeah. And, and for everyone listening, Jerome is the most incredible nose perfumer, right? Like, uh, is yeah. that the best way to explain? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And he's behind yeah. some of the biggest brands. One is By Radio, that's just about to sell for a lot of money yes, to money. L'Oreal. L'Oreal. <laughs> Congratulations there. Um, yeah. But, um, and he had been so excited by the. Open ended brief I gave him that he had created 23 fragrances. So <laughs> I had to then choose. So it, it became eight. So I started with eight.
0: That's a good compromise. Uh, I'm sure there's probably a lot more you wanted. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um then I decided to have my own store. And then I realized I only had eight fragrances. <laughs> <laughs> to put in this very expensive store in Covent Garden. So um, we quickly developed some candles and some body products and when we launched the brand. Um, and what I've done, we've now got 11 fragrances, which amazing. is amazing. We're only four years old. Yeah. And, um, yes, we got approached by the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam. And they said, we love what you're doing. We love your sustainability positioning. We love your box. We love the brightness and vivaciousness of, of your brand. And we love that you are independent. So that's another really important word, I think, is this mm-hmm. independent word. And I said to the team, we can't do this. We're just a small brand. It's Van Gogh. Um, and my head of marketing, Armel, said, yes, we can. We have to. So here we are. We, I went to the museum. I, I got to choose any painting in the museum. And after some deliberation we we decided rightly so to go for the one that had would be most recognized in the world, which was the sunflowers yeah. and Jero- Jerome used the painting as his inspiration for the fragrance um, and he imagined himself as Van Gogh in the south of France, and the way that the light during the day would uh, you know, from from daybreak through to lunchtime through to the evening, how the light would change the landscape. And that's how he built the fragrance, um, which is pretty incredible. And being part of creative process for me, you just rec you just talked about what you focus on. What I'm missing as the brand gets bigger is what I love is product and creativity and creating the visuals. And you you have to step away from that as you build the business, you know. So it was great to be thrown back into, you know, creativity to do the Van Gogh fragrance. It's been our most successful global launch. Obviously, during lockdown, we've had to develop it. And we're now launching home products, which are Van Gogh, taking um, the sunflower and also almond blossom painting, and we've developed some home products around that. So I, I think it's a really fantastic way, talking of messaging, for us to help get new consumers into our brand. Because Van Gogh is universally loved. And so then they step in, then they learn our story. The Van Gogh Museum is all about it's it's an independent museum, it's a non-for-profit, so the the money we pay them. Goes into um, creating art classes for for kids and things, which I love. Amazing. Yeah, and so again, everything I do has to have a reason for being, and has to really be circular and fit in with the story, you know. So, yeah. Um, and then I've taken the concept of clean into the home range, mm-hmm. so uh, we've taken all the crap out of. You know, the candles are room sprays have got oil, not alcohol in them. Um, it's vegan oil. Um, we've created plastic free um, liquidless sticks that sent your room um, rolled up paper that can be totally uh, Recycled, so I'm getting better at this. You know, as we as it's it's at the heart of where we are we're at. But I must say, at the moment, it's probably the hardest time since I launched the brand. And I don't know if you feel this, but you know, we had lockdown. You transitioned. We were still creating product and launching, um, but we we had to transition all our effort into digital and online. Yeah. And now the world's woken up and the stores have woken up. And now we've got to go, oh, my God, how do we stretch ourselves now back into stores, back into into the telling the story, the training, the bricks and mortar, you
0: know.
1: um, It's tough. It's really
0: And not knowing if it's going to be, you know, there could be other forms or other forms of lockdown we don't you know it's not, nothing is certain now so it's like oh. it will be daft not to learn from the mistakes of last time to still keep an operating well-oiled agile machine but at the same time that needs a lot of funds and a lot of team and people yeah. and it's tough it's tough but I think at the same time it's really about taking a moment to celebrate a what's been achieved and b to like kind of focus on well it's a. It's like this, but it could be worse. It could be better, sure. But how do we now focus on getting it step-by-step step to that better, more comfortable, more sustained place? Because um, everyone on the back end is going through it. And I think it's like this weird moment for brands right now, big, small, new, where you have to spend probably more than you're earning just to keep up, have market share, and eventually, yeah, uh, grow I, I read this other, other day as well it was sort of like someone was telling me i was a vc actually they were saying oh now beauty brands shouldn't be built to be profitable they just sh- sh- should be built to be you know uh revenue for sure focused on and concept distribution potential and then that's the recipe for acquisition um and you are hearing this and he's like i don't even know what to hear anymore like i need to hear it to- like but then surely like someone like you many years ago would have said profit is the most important you know your EBITDA your profit so I don't know what to believe
1: I think it's a. I think it's a balance and I think yeah. it depends I mean I've really you have to have momentum of sales yes, and, and growth ours. ours yeah. you know it, it is slow when you're uh, slower than we're used to. But then my team are like, my God, we've only been, to, we've only got this many products. So we're only four years in the marketplace. Exactly. Okay. My, my, aim and
0: two years is, of that is the pandemic, which And two years really is the pandemic,
1: <laughs> FYI, you know, yeah. remind yourself, Michelle. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Um, I think it's, it, it is what you've just said, really. It's, I've been reflecting on. My many years in the industry and how I would build how I built a brand in the past to how I have built this brand in the future. This Mm. is really hard. This is really hard right now because you have got layers upon layers of other things that you have to do that you didn't have to do in the past. Exactly. Yeah. So um, you know, but I think stay it's these partnerships, we both talked about this. Somebody believing in you, a retailer believing in you, is really important you know
0: yeah.
1: and it might not last forever with that retailer but just at the beginning to know that a retailer believes in you and your brand gives you this impetus to go forward and yeah. and if you're smart as a founder you will ask those retailers to teach you i've had to sort of go back to the beginning i pretend i know nothing exactly it's a new day and like you said earlier on when we were talking you know to me i've had this brilliant career great but that was then this is now we've got floor street we've got the future what can i learn from the retailer i think
0: that is that's a good point
1: you know the the ones we work with that aren't in the uk you know teach us about their consumer, teach us about what their consumer is looking for. Teach us about the mechanisms that are going to work to attract more consumers for them. Yeah. Um, and I just wish some of the people in the UK would do a little bit more of that and be kind of more partnered with brands. Yeah. To, I,
0: I, I think you that's know, a very help good point. you. Help and, and nurture a uh, long term because I do feel, especially in the retail landscape, I'm I'm sure you would probably have the same sentiment. There are a big and for us being global, you know, we've seen all, most of the retailers in, in a way. There are huge discrepancies and differences between the retailers and the communication, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which naturally, as a brand, you then prioritize the other, the one that gives you more time. But um, more even internally of the retailer and the merchants, how they're articulating the data, and often they don't articulate the data and the learnings of the consumers of their own channels, their own retail platform, mm-hmm. might also be a testament to understand, like, they might not know, they might not even be listening. They might not even want to listen which is quite um quite difficult for us because especially in the uk you know then you're relying on what like if you don't have the retail support on what mpd to to grow and and Mm. what how to market to your their customers not yours their customers how do you know the recipe uh, of success right um and i'm i found that a lot recently with my retail partners especially in the UK um and yeah but
1: yes retailers uh, listen to us we need to know more info because we can make your business more successful as well because as founders you have a limited amount to spend right exactly where where are you going to spend that If, if if a retailer tells you this is what our customer likes you go okay let me portion the money to that You know, Mm -hmm. and you said a really good word about long term and championing and relationship building, you know, all those brands that we worked for. Mac was small when when Lourdes took it over, you know, and we had to grow through partnerships and learn. So we're hoping that we're those brands of the future for, for the retailers as well.
0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. com slash style.
1: So, um, you know, yeah. I, I think it's um, maybe somebody will be listening in and step yeah. forward. And not, not all of them. You know, a lot of them are really <clears> – <throat> You know, the pure players, I think, are much, much better
0: with, with speaking sure. to no, us And, like and that. a lot yeah. are great. I think the hard thing is sometimes as well, which I think quite, could be interesting for listeners um, who are you know, not from a brand side, is often these merchants. You know, so when you think about a retailer, there are these merchants that work directly with you and they'll be either buying your brand or there'll be a marketing team. Often they're been churning like churning in and out like no tomorrow like the, every, some of our retailers, I can tell you, like in the UK, one of my retailers, I think we've had like 10 different people in my short oh, two yeah. years, you know, and probably we could have had the same one. but like it's crazy because you have to rebuild your relationship, your trust, education of the brand, and the time I'm spending reintroducing the brand at that stage, I just want to go ahead and like really focus on the consumers like I don't I want the end. Is the most important the end consumer the end journey not the intimate you know back and forth without any progress so it can be really tough which is why then luckily we have this balance of d2c right which we also have to really think about so for floral street i know you have an incredible you know website and you also have a standalone store which can come with its pros and cons but in terms of the pros what's it like owning your own channels both brick and mortar and online
1: do you know what if i had enough funding right now i'd open more stores yeah okay so i've learned it's been you know obviously it was a money losing exercise because it's it's high high rent. rent covent garden that was our commercial for the world yeah so you know joe horgan who who is the founder of mecca in australia came in week one and said i want to bring you to australia Now, had I not had that store, was I just on one shelf with a few fragrances, then I don't think she would have said that. You know, everybody's visited. Lots of people from big brands have uh, been inspired by us, should I say. I'm sure you're going to get a lot of that as well. But, um, you know, it's given me a learning, a learning with the consumer. I wanted to do it different and have sense school where people could come and learn. Not I wanted it to be this interactive place that's led to sense school in a box, which has lent us to doing a digital sense school, which during lockdown, I could train 600, um, you know, Sephora staff across Canada. Yeah. digitally because i developed that from the store it gives us a test and learn platform um so honestly if if i had a tranche of investment now i'd like some some more stores in key places um d to C i've had to learn from scratch yeah. and we've learned and um you know that's important as well so that to me has given me um uh, a pillar that is in my yeah. control it's in my control. Pluses and failures, exactly. trust me. Tr- but, but, you know, I call them learnings, but, you know, there's been some. Yeah. And then we've done pop-ups that's cost us too much money. And I, but you yeah. can't, you can't sort of go, I regret that. What have I learned? What have I learned? Exactly. And, I, let, and let's to, to, to,
0: be, to be really honest, a lot of these things that we end up spending a lot, often, we end up forcing ourselves to go over budget because of uh you know delays and this and sometimes you brief someone with x budget and then you get told this is the final invoice sorry take it you have to pay it oh yeah it's not always a uh, you know we try to go in sometimes business smart but sometimes it gets out of our control but again yeah. learnings right all very important and um i think without those learnings at the very early stage it's okay to take a pause and you know don't maybe implement franchises and different versions of it iterations but going forward when the moment's right having done a lot of stuff at the early stages getting a seed of what you know what the appetite is for those channels within your customers i think will really help you as you get from like that kind of scaling mode which can happen very quickly yes which it has yeah yeah.
1: and i mean i i just think it helps you inform in from our beautiful store it's helped Mm. us inform how we need to look in other retailers so from that model, we can take bits and be in Nordstrom in the States with a beautiful, uh, you know, space. So uh, it's all learning if you can afford it, you know. I mean, that's the thing. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think going forward for me, it's now, as I said, that was then, this is now. Yeah. Where do we put our energy, time? I want to st- Still have product at the heart. What are my learnings coming from eleven years at Estee Lauder companies? Yeah. Is product ultimately has to be fantastic and at the heart because the consumer 100%. is wants that experience. And we're also a cash in beauty. People want joy. They don't yeah. want to feel guilty about buying something because it's not fully sustained you know i mean we have to realize that it's about joy it's about self-esteem it's about problem yeah. solving don't take the beauty out of beauty i would exactly. say you know I it's um you know don't take the beauty out of beauty it's it yeah. can that lipstick that good hair product that solves a problem that beautiful fragrance can uplift a person beyond you know, for their difficult day ahead. And I learned that in all my years of traveling globally, with this, particularly with MAC, a lipstick for, you know, someone yeah. is like life-changing. So I, I just think, I know for myself, if I'm having a down day, I put on my sunflower pop, I immediately feel better. You know, my hair products are really important because, you know, it always has been in my life. So I let's not take the beauty out of beauty, as small companies, we do have to keep our feet on the ground. It is very, very difficult cash, especially when you get to a certain level that there's the next. I, I, somebody told me the other day that beginning from 5 million to 25 million is the hardest, hardest bit of a brand.
0: Uh, but to be even honest, who, who did I have yesterday or someone I had tell me? it's so funny how perception they were like the hardest yeah. is getting from zero to five and I was like okay like it, it's so true it depends on what you're building and the well, concept two, of what you're doing yeah but the two that it's both valid I mean every stage is, is hard right but I, I agree with you for me getting from that five to that 30 plus mm. there's a lot of decisions that needed to be made whether it's much more employee costs, you know, overheads, um, a lot more investment in inventory, which is a big risk, right? Because you need inventory to hit that growth. But then do you spend that on marketing? Do you spend that on inventory at that stage of the business? It's tough everywhere. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. it's
1: hard at every level and, yeah. and different challenges. I think for me, um, as I, I, you know, i built all these, really big brands I've had some really difficult times having to do difficult things especially under private equity with Saint-Tropez um you know (laughs) all sorts of really really hard decisions and things to make but I think being a founder is the hardest thing I've ever done because it's your soul on the line
0: 100 percent.
1: totally your soul you do feel you know it's your responsibility and um Hats off now to anybody who fans a brand and, and also not Everybody wants to be 25 million You know you might love where Your brands where your little products At one product you might love it mm-hmm. You know um, you might like one Store that becomes your life you know i'm not that person you're not that person but i wish i was that person some days you know in that i didn't give myself these huge goals um but here we are here we are But, but,
0: but you know the people who made and i think a first to say very important what you said is understand what kind of founder you are i'm building a course that at some point i'm going to um Uh, how to like tips to how to launch a beauty brand. And my first thing I'm going to say, and I put it in my intro is first take time before you create a brand, understand what type of founder you are and what type of business you want to create, because then your decisions will need to kind of lead up to that, right? Exactly. As you said, if you want to make a a billion dollar brand or a million dollar brand, both are right if it's right for you, but just, you've got to make sure that you are gearing yourself up for that journey. But I do think it's important to remind ourselves, especially both of us who are being we're being quite vulnerable and honest right now, right? Like this is quite a different mm-hmm. podcast to most of my podcast episodes where it's like, life is great, let's go. It's like, you know, the reality is, is, this is like, maybe it's just a matter of the times that we're in. We're in that kind of stage of our businesses yeah. where a lot of decisions, a lot of ups and downs. But that's the reality of most businesses um, is like this, which I love that we're being really vulnerable and honest. But I do think it's important to remember like, that we're not alone in this you know like what you're feeling a lot of founders are feeling and the ones that have made it to the the 400 500 million whatever the number is right 30 million whatever it is they did feel like us and we're just only a couple of years in plus a pandemic so I think it's just about together making sure we realize um utilize your background your, your experience because it is your advantage but also we're in a new territory it's okay to feel sometimes like are we doing the right thing are we too ambitious but no we're not alone and that's my point there is you know we're not alone
1: i also think is money your driver you know i mean it's yeah. never been my it's never been no. it. it's not my driver actually um no it's not um otherwise i would have done this completely differently you know yeah. i would have done it as a mass brand and, and and also yeah, and also, do you, do you want to be a brand? You know, everybody banders this brand word around. As far Absolutely. as I'm concerned, it, if you're still in the game ten years on, you've got a brand. You know, exactly. but under that, what 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 are you? You know,
0: <laughs> and what and if, for for both of us in our industries, um, you know, we could have stayed in corporate for many years, but mm-hmm. we had a lot of exposure to certain things that we just felt weren't necessarily right or the future and mainly going around sustainability clean and in our respective categories whether it's hair and fragrance we are one of the few brands pioneering that space and especially in the likes of sephora we're both sephora brands you know we're both in the clean category i had a conversation with one of the leadership and they were saying like you know oh, we're sleeping on clean hair and clean fragrance. And I'm like, yoo-hoo, like we're here. (laughs) So, you know, the time you spend on a big, big player, putting the effort on us when we're agile, we can act on it in the next day. That's what you got to do. So it's education, it's showing our present. And I think what I've learned is, and I think for us being Brits, we're too nice. We're too, oh, you know, we don't want to be pushy. We don't want to, like, I think we need to be a little bit like, confident but also like um yeah like uh, account holding people accountable are yeah to challenge retailers. i mean you have challenge. to challenge yeah. you
1: know i, I worked Otherwise, in america doesn't for get, a long nothing time gets like, done. Yeah. yeah it's true you have to challenge you have to believe in your gut feeling about things as well um yeah. you have to phrase things differently um yeah. for me i i think legacy is important for me yeah. and um you know when I learned many years ago when I lived in the States and was looking into all sorts of different healing and, you know, American Indian kind of, well, no, sorry, Native American. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it was about planning for seven generations ahead. What would seven generations ahead of us, what will yeah. they be thinking or needing? Yeah. And if we don't ask ourselves that question in producing products, we uh, have got you know, we we haven't got a world really. So no. I'm not saying I'm perfect at all. I, I'm not saying that, but I think as an industry, we need to be asking ourselves. Yeah. You know, um, I'm still seeing commercials on TV with just landfill, 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 and mm. um, uh, you know, I don't want to be one of those. So I, I think being careful about MPD, what you're bringing out, why you're bringing it out, and you've probably got enough products which i'm thinking i'm talking to myself now we've probably got enough products we just have to tell more people about that you know
0: well and and that's exactly it like i I remember uh, you look at the likes of olaplex right nine skews but billion dollar ipo market share um you don't need a lot of products you just need the right products and if that means the right products is more of them. Sure. That's great. You know, that mm. you're delivering more what the consumer needs, but everything does come at a time, um, obviously tethered to budgets and cash flow. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's really important to realize like there are so many people out there, especially in the retailers we're in. Like I remember with Sephora, we're seeing our numbers. We're like, we're doing so great. And then they're like, you're only hitting 1% of Sephora customers. I'm like, yes. oh, just Sephora customers. Oh my God. Yes. Like, there's 99% more I can People are already walking in those doors and shopping online. So there's a lot to be done. But yes, yeah, so we need this help from the retailers themselves to push and pioneer and and help us smaller brands. But also the brands that I hope will be the brands that will last those, you know, as you said, 10 years and be the future. Because we are going into more mindful, conscious world mm-hmm. and i think that's really really crucial that we don't lose sight of that and it might be tough at times but you know we are not the brands that are going to close down we're going to be resilient to the change and we're going to I hope so <laughs> no no no. and that's the thing we, we can't because in the day um i look at quality of even if it's a small customer base right now if everyone you're speaking to is loving it championing it that's just a testament of like okay now how do i hit more people that's all it is right now. It's just hitting more people. And the, for more people with already the, the 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 love and the affinity to the brands that we're creating, there's no risk there. You know, I would be more worried by those mass brands. Sure, they can make a quick bottom line and quick revenue into these retailers, but the affinity, I would even question, right? The loyalty. So that's what I tell myself every day. And I think um,
1: yeah.
0: it's hard to lose sight of that, but I think it's important that we do keep that back in mind.
1: Yeah. And also, you know, you talked about, you touched on the Britishness, you know, the reason I also wanted to do Floral Street as a British brand. I am, you know, pre-COVID obviously, but I moved from New York to London and the vibrancy of our cities, the diversity of our cities, cultural diversity, you know, that was blended and for me it is you don't get that that anywhere else really in the world. And I wanted to take that energy and take it out to the world. And I think you've sort of done the same looking at your brand in a, you know, you've taken some cultural heritage, you've you you've put a bit of brit in it, you've you've taken and I think we've we've got great creativity in London. It's just it's hard to take your brand to make your brand to have momentum if you just stay in the UK. And I think that's, that's probably what a lot of people have found it challenging.
0: 100%. And I said this on a retailer meeting the other day in the US, I said, you know, we, people say, don't spread yourself thin in the early days. And this, I said, but we're building the seeds to what the future is, which is we're going to a global community. Social media has brought us all together in a platform that isn't governed by you know, land or countries or mm-hmm. whatever. It's really borders. One borders. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that's where I think our duty is, is it's tough. It can be hard, but I think being in as many countries and serving as many people with the products that we're creating to help th- them and empower them. And, and as you said, even change lives. I think that's, that's the, the future of beauty. And I think that's what we're doing. Not easy, But we're doing it.
1: Nothing nothing is is ever ever easy that's well. If it was (laughs) easy,
0: everyone would be doing it, right? So that's exactly it. But I I do want to ask before we go into fire round questions, I do want to ask just a a little bit about um, your routines. Like, do you have any rituals for success that keeps you motivated and grounded um, in your daily life, especially as a founder?
1: Yeah, I have, I do yoga every single day. Amazing. Um, I mix my own oils, um, you know, not Floral Street. But I mix my own essential oils depending on what I think I need in the morning. I, I go down to where I practice yoga. Um, I light my candles. I light my oils. I prep it. I do, my, I do my little class for an hour and meditate. And if I don't do that, I am just so not set up for the day. Um, so that's important. Um, and I also, um, to keep myself sort of grounded, you know, I I am a family person. I, I, you know, cooking and eating around the table every single day with the family is really important for me. So, so those are my grounding, grounding things. Um, in between all of that is a bit crazy because you know what it's like. You've had a, you've had a tough day, Switching that mind off during the night is very hard. Yeah, but um, but that does keep me grounded.
0: Yeah, no, it's important, and it's it's important to, with intent, try to stick to it because, as a founder, or as any person working in 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 any form of life, it, it can be really challenging at times to to have disruption in our day, and especially as a founder, every day is never the same. So having some routine that keeps you mentally sane and physically sane, whether it's going to the gym, yoga, grounding yourself by walking on the, on, with your feet on the ground, whatever it is. True, And, you know, if, you, if time is an issue, micro practices can be the solution, you know, just even yeah, exactly. two minutes, three minutes, just whenever you need it throughout the day, I think it can be really good. L- little
1: breathing exercise, you know, or I've got exactly. a dog, I've got a dog, so the dog needs walking. That's really good. And I think a lot of particularly female founders that might have families as well, you know
0: yeah. it's
1: it 's really challenging some all these different hats, um, but mm-hmm. like you said, the micro micro moments, if you can can help see you through i think
0: exactly well, you know fire one question's coming up, but I have a, a kind of a desert island question for you so it's okay. imagine um, you know i 'm inviting you to a founded beauty retreat, but i 'm being really strict with Uh, the airport or the border control and saying you can only bring one fragrance with you. So what is your go-to scent?
1: I, I mean, this is like asking me to choose. I know I never said it was easy. (laughs) Uh, I I I would even make
0: it easier for you. I say currently, because I think with scent it's, it, you know, sometimes the seasons matter and you you know where you are in life, it, it matters. Right. So
1: I mean, we we use this Who Will you Be today because I think we change Mm -hmm. our moods and we need different things. Look, I'll give you – can I – okay, I am wearing some flat pot, which is Van Gogh at the moment, and that, to me, energizes me. I look at the bottle. It's a Van Gogh painting. It's a piece of art in my hand. I know the nose that made this. I know the work that's gone into it. I know how much people love it. So for me, I think it would have to be that one right now. That's the one I've just traveled with when I was traveling in America. Um, If I was on a desert island, it might be Iris Goddess, which which is not as many people buy that, but the exquisite, I love Iris. I love Oris. So the exquisite smell of that. Me, um, but I think Sunflower Pop takes me on this journey to the south of France. You know, yeah. why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I want that?
0: I really like the fact that you've created like a three hundred and sixty immersive experience around a painting because something yes. so iconic like Van Gogh. And for me, I've never thought about the scent angle. So to be able to now, whenever I go see it, to be thinking about that scent that now you've created, I think there's so much legroom for other fra- other you know fragrance X uh, painting collaborations and artwork.
1: I mean, there, there has been a few, but they've been very, very elite and very yeah. f-
0: or fine, fine, I fine. Really and I, yeah. yeah exactly.
1: And I wanted to bring this, my whole brand is about fine fragrance, affordable price for everyone. Yeah. Why, why shouldn't everyone smell really good? And to me, that. the Van Gogh, the Van Gogh connection enabled me to reach out in that way and tell that story.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. And no, it's, it's, it's such an important thing that also it keeps the, it keeps, and it's also fun, right? It's an amazing, fun yes, project to work yes, on. Lots it's important of fun. <laughs> when, you, when you're building a brand as well, you've got to do things that like keep you excited. Yes, even if it doesn't course. make fully financial. Sometimes I, we do stuff internally. I'm like, okay, that's an ego project, Akash, but I'm going <laughs> to do it. I'm not saying yours is, but I'm saying for me, I've done a lot of no. things which are not necessarily long-term, but they're more yeah. like, Let's try. Let, you
1: know? I always say, "Let me have this to my FD." Let me just have this. I love have that. This.
0: Let me exactly. My sister says that to me a lot. I'm like, okay, you get that. Um, <laughs> um, so, fire on question. First things that comes to your mind. The first question is: What's another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now?
1: Oh my goodness i I don't know. I'm a bit. I'm a bit. St- I mean, apart from yours, of course. Um, I'm. I'm a bit. St- stuck in i'm not really that inspired by too many out there that yeah. are changing the way i think about beauty i guess yeah. you know I love um, that. true. I, I i must be honest with you i i stick to my um products that i like uh, maybe I'm too setting my ways. I want to be excited and I want to be, but I think there's just a lot of sameness, you know? Mm. Um, I think you've taken a different, you've taken the oil and you've made that, you know, a hero, which is really great in a fun way, in a modern way. Um, but beauty, beauty, I, Is that a terrible answer? You've you've
0: also been in the industry for so long. So you've seen the industry um, from both a brand perspective and also, you know, now founder perspective. And I think it's absolutely right. There's a lot of beauty brands out there. I can tell you as a podcast host, there's a lot of beauty brands out there. And um, even from my angle, um, there are definitely quite a few that are just, I don't even like to say disruptive, but like, you know, they're doing a lot of unique things and they're having a huge story to tell but it is true. Like sometimes as a founder, um, it's best to be inspired by what you are doing. Cause well, you have,
1: yeah, really. you have to and, be really. And, but I tell you what, from a, from a makeup standpoint, I have purchased, I always think what well, I've purchased yeah. and I've purchased Gucci Westman's oh, makeup. Amazing. And I find that really, it's a very modern brand. It's very easy. Us talking about only a few products. That's all yeah. I need. I'm on the yeah. go. Yeah. Um, she's taken such a lot of care into into the product line so exactly. that for me I guess is the one I like but it's quite a traditional sort of offering that she's done it in a really different way a simple way yeah. and with absolute love and care and isn't just putting her name to some brand
0: no and I, I, I don't know if you listened to her my episode with her but you must it's very inspiring and she's yeah. uh, definitely done that She's put her whole heart and soul into the brand. So yeah. westminster Atelier, I agree. Yeah. Um, what is a guilty pleasure of yours?
1: What, chocolate you mean? Or, or like any, Actually, yeah. do you know, I really, really like good wine, actually. Yeah. And I've sort of, it's my joy. And I've started to get to know more about it. And I'm even yeah. starting to put things in collect a few things and um That's but I, I love a really 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 good glass of
0: wine yeah no i i and i really started to appreciate this more with a lot of wine tasting mainly going to like whether it's portugal italy france i'm going to a lot of wine you know um wineries and learning a lot about the tannins and this and that and, and now actually tasting a lot of the different ages and and i've now kept a few bottles just to see like, okay, in 10 years time, maybe I'll have something that's a bit vintage. It'd be cool. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, well, my my mum and dad bought a case of, because the year I was born, it was a vintage year for port. So they bought me yeah. a case of vintage port. So it's, yeah. um, it's really, it's sort of probably been in, not in my blood physically since I was a child, but, <laughs> you know, it's been in my blood. And actually when you look at, fragrance it's very very similar it's about it understanding the notes and the t- and the things within it so i can see where where that's my love really i love that
0: um what are you currently watching or reading
1: okay i have just about to complete Vi- viola davis's mm-hmm. um autobiography which i found really really inspirational and again mm-hmm. as a founder I now read quite a few biographies because I find them inspirational—the struggles of other people. So, yeah, um, I mean, she's amazing actress. It's, it's and finding me, right? Is yeah, it? yeah, that amazing. It's not. It's it's quite a quick read as well because I normally like reading quite difficult things. Yeah. Uh, watching, we've gone back, um, my husband and I, and, and we are watching. Um, you know, sort of an old American series. I'm watching less. I don't know about you, but since the world's come I'm out. I'm
0: watching less. I don't know if it's a mixture of there's also less on TV, but I'm, I also just, I'm very selective now with our time, my time. And yeah. sometimes I'm on, to be honest, I'm replacing that time with TikTok. It's not necessarily good but like i just at the end of the night i'll just go on TikTok for a bit but i'm also tethering that to like work i'm like oh i'm listening at different creators and you know maybe i can reach out to a few so yeah it's kind of it's kind of sad but everything i we're, do now we, yeah is i mean related. it's
1: work well you have to stop that because i find I that you know we're we homeland which i didn't watch at the time but Mm. we're watching it from the start and it's really interesting because a lot of historic things have happened Mm. um and i do like to lose myself a bit unlike if i go on tiktok or something in the evening i can't sleep yeah so um and i'm thinking oh my god why aren't we doing this whereas it's still work
0: exactly yeah Yeah, if you sort
1: of watch something or read i read i read every night before i go to sleep which is helpful I and I, I love music, so I listen to a lot of music as well.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. Actually, yeah, maybe add that into the questions. What are you listening to? I like that. Yeah. Um, f- what's your favorite social media platform right now?
1: Um, I actually don't have one. Is that a bad thing to say? No, but, that's um, a good thing. I to find say. it. I find it a necessary, a necessary chore for being for a business. Yeah. I I wish the world could use these in a better way. Uh, I like, well, I don't know platforms. Um, I like listening to podcasts and I like BBC Sounds and finding unusual things that I wouldn't have found. So I guess those mediums, because radio for me is my big one. I listen to World Service. I listen to American radio, NPR, all day on a Saturday. So I feel I'm connecting with what's happening in America a bit more. Because um, yep. as you go global, you have to be in the zeitgeist. Yep. Um, so radio as a platform to me is is my everyday go-to. Nice. Uh, I
0: love that. Um, do you have like a favorite quote or mantra?
1: Um, I think I talk about this a lot. So if anybody's listening that's heard me say it before, but Leonard Lauder, you know, just yeah. when just when you are fed up of hearing something, somebody's hearing it for the first time.
0: That's so a- you know, the crazy thing is, is Leonard Lauder has come up three times in people's favorite quote and all different quotes. Yeah. It's actually crazy. He is. I think I need to do like a little segment on just Leonard. I mean, I wish. Yeah, I wish I could. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he's made some incredible, incredible. um uh, quotes he, he's still around i don't around, know if
1: you'll but... come on the
0: podcast but uh <laughs> he might he, do he's, he's yeah.
1: always up for sort of um you know being he's a really you know it's in his blood it was around his probably like yours around the kitchen table since he was a kid with his yeah. mom and um, i learned so much from him and evelyn lauder uh, uh, yeah. working in a family business where they didn't hold you back either they um they wanted you to learn and grow and you yeah. know he's he's been around a long time and yeah. you know i heard a quote yesterday uh, uh, it was about winston churchill saying you know if you can look back far enough you can see what's in the future and i think mm. that's quite interesting because we're always charging forward at the moment aren't we with yeah. the speed the speed of um social media and I think again just sort of stepping back and staying quiet for a minute
0: it's very important Mm -hmm. Uh, and my last question is if you weren't in the beauty industry at all what would you be doing
1: I wanted to be a um there's a few things but particularly I I would have loved to have been a journalist and I would have loved to have been a bit like Kate AD where you went into, like, war zones and things and reported. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, that's not going to happen now. But um, I, I I think if my life would have let me, I would have liked to have done something that I could be totally immersed in, not for a reason of um, building business or anything else, but just reporting um, for the world, I think.
0: Oh, I love that. Well... This is why I asked the question because I love hearing people's answers. But it's been an absolute pleasure, Michelle, to speak to you. Um, I mean, oh. we, really, we already we know each other. For me, it was just a testament to have everyone else listen to your incredible wisdom, but also just your honesty um, as a founder. For me, it's been one of the most refreshing episodes because um, it's been very relatable, and I think that's very oh. important for people to to have. Well,
1: that's um, to good. Hear. But you you stepped out, you did the breakfast. And for me, I was feeling you know I was feeling the challenges of the world that week, and you helped help me and I think it showed me that we can uh, you know we, we can help each other it it is it 's hard whether you 're in big brands or you're a, or you 're a founder these days a 100%. lot going on
0: especially anyone listening who are who is in corporate and are acting a bit as an entrepreneur i mean i'm sure me and michelle can relate when we're in these companies we were trying to disrupt and change and having Mm -hmm. to always prove and uh politics and all that stuff right it's it's a whole shabam but it's not easy but just know that um you know keep on pushing forward you're doing the right thing and communicate talk to people on the journey because they often will be there to help when you need it if you just ask it's or very commiserate
1: very over a really good glass of wine. A
0: exactly, cash, it's a, which a, which
1: is what we should be doing too. Which is
0: honestly, which is what we will be doing more and more. Whenever <laughs> you know you you have me on WhatsApp, whenever you have any, and uh, whenever I have anything, just ring me up and we'll go for a glass of wine and we'll vent. That's very exactly. important. Sometimes. Exactly. So I to before you go, where can everyone find yourself and Floral Street on social website?
1: Well, it's all you know. Floralstreetis dot com. Uh, yeah. Our Insta is underscore uh, you know floral underscore street. I am on that as well. I'm not very active on my own um, Insta, and now we are on TikTok. We've just gone in there. We've we yeah. finally found the resource. So, um, yeah. but just and news. also if yeah. you wanna, if anybody wants to email, it's um, you know. Uh, it's michelle at floral street so there
0: you go that's amazing well i'll put all the links yeah at the instagram floral street underscore make sure you do follow because you'll you'll see all the updates there and yep. uh, uh i put all the links in the summary so people can just go click straight away and brilliant
1: uh, and and all the others you know facebook we're, we're facebook. all on these these so,
0: yeah amazing well thank you so much michelle really appreciate it
1: thanks for having me thanks for having me